right, hello everyone on our unpolluted podcast, uh, the podcast hosted by the Earth Prize, which focuses on sharing the inspiring stories of change makers and experts and offers insights into, into their lives and dedication to making an impact. So I am here today with the Earth Foundation founder himself, Peter McGarry. How are you today on this hot sunny day in Switzerland? Hello, Sarah. I'm great. I'm hot and sticky, like you said. Wonderful. And we are back on our Youth Board series with a new member, uh, Irina Wanzel, all the way from Malaysia. Hi, Irina. Hello, Upper Cover from Malaysia. I'm glad to be on this podcast and today. We are very excited to have you. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself, your age, where you are exactly, and what are you up to right now? Okay, so a little bit about me. I'm Irina Wenzel, born in South Africa, but currently living in Malaysia. Uh, as I mentioned, Malaysia, it is very hot for all four seasons. No winter, no, no spring, no fall, just all summer. And I'm a part of the youth board. Um, and my connections with the youth board are F1 in schools. Okay, great. So... Irina, you know, you're obviously in school. So tell, tell us about going to school in Malaysia. Uh, you know, what, what are your favorite subjects? Uh, what part are you in, in, in the whole cycle, et cetera, et cetera? So going to school in Malaysia, I go to a government school called SMK Section 9. I study business, economics, and um, accounting. And I say school is very fun for me. I'm currently not in school waiting for my SPM results. SPM is kind of like SATs, but Malaysian version. And what I'll say is school is very different from what my peers on the youth board experience. Because in Malaysia, we follow a whole different system. So we go through um, our... Um, primary school, then we go to high school, which is from form one to form five. And in form five, we have a big exam called the SPM. And then only do we do our pre-university, which is A-levels for me, which um, some of the students already are doing their A-levels when they're in high school. And then I go off and do my undergrad. So it's a bit of a longer process here in Malaysia, but I'm enjoying myself. So you've done your big exam, is that right? And you're just waiting for the results now? Yes, actually, the results are coming up next Thursday. Next week, Thursday. So Ner nervous or, nervous or just excited? Very nervous. Um, I, actually, I don't want to think about it right now. Right, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, let's, let's think about something more fun. One question we've asked all the youth board members, and not just you, is could you tell us one of your guilty pleasures? So something that you do, that you enjoy doing, that maybe a lot of people don't know about that you really enjoy? Uh, well, I would say, if I'm being honest, my guilty pleasure is watching rom-coms. I'm a big helpless romantic, but um, I, I've never been in a relationship, but I do spend most of my nights on Netflix watching rom-coms. I think that's been the okay. best guilty pleasure, like the most honest guilty pleasure answer we've received. Everyone's tried to stay very diplomatic about it so far. So um, thank you. And what, what, what's your go-to? You know, you're having a bad day. You want to chill. Well, what's the go-to rom-com then? Is there one? 
I think so. I'm a person that does not really know how to get in touch with my feelings that well. Um, so I'm a very cheery person most of the times, but there are times where I do feel down, but I just don't know how to cry. So a real tearjerker for me is watching my all-time favorite uh, rom-com, which is called Love, Rosie. I'm being, I'm being very honest on this podcast right now, but yeah, uh, I do like watching movies that make me cry. <laughs> Oh. So Sarah, have you seen that movie? Because I've never even it heard of it. It rings a bell. It's not a newer okay. one, right? It's it's quite an older one. I think it rings a bell. Um, okay, I'll check it out. Peter's plans for this weekend will be... Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Irina. So Irina, we want to start off by talking about Formula One in schools, because that's how, you know, we got connected with you. So for the listeners, you know, what what is Formula One in schools? Okay, so for the listeners, F1 in schools or Formula 1 in schools is a multidisciplinary STEM-based competition in which groups of three to six students between the ages of 11 to 19 are assigned different roles in hopes of innovating a miniature Formula 1 car model. I think so I have. This was mine. So this is an example of it, a miniature Formula 1 car model using university-level software such as CAD, and CAM, computer-aided design, computer-aided machining. And then these miniature Formula 1 car models are then finalized and raced alongside other teams worldwide worldwide, uh, on a 20-meter long straight line track powered by nothing but a CO2 canister. I see. Now, why why cars? You know, what what's the attraction? You know, tell me, is there... Is there... Is there a family reason? Is there is it just from people at school or you know, how did you how did you get into this? Well, honestly, I did I wasn't really much of a Formula One fan before I entered the world of Formula One in schools. Uh, but my school kind of has this niche area where they specialize in this. They have a whole club. And one day, I remember when I was 15 years old, I saw my senior teams come back from the world finals and they displayed a really cool montage of them competing. And the main thing that attracted me was travel, the the opportunity to travel and to network. And so I decided to go for the, uh, the schools, F1 in schools teams interview. And honestly, I wasn't eligible at that time because I was too young, but uh, I made it as the team's uh, project manager and manufacturing engineer. And since then, I've participated two times now and made it to the world finals two times in a row and brought my teams uh, to win overall national champions at the Malaysian national finals. That's amazing. Yeah. Congrats. But now tell us a little bit more about your two projects and two teams that you've led especially because, you know, I am not very into F1 in schools. I'm also being very honest on this podcast. But, you know, I don't necessarily immediately think of sustainability when I think of F1. So tell me how these two components really come together and, and tell me a bit more about how that came to life through your two projects. Well, I always say that F1 in schools is a very three-dimensional, 360 competition. I mean... For, from what I've been saying, you guys probably think that, oh, it's a STEM-based competition. You learn about, you know, science, technology, engineering, mathematics. But honestly, there's so much more that comes with this competition. I personally am not 
really on the STEM side of this competition. I was the manufacturing engineer, but I was more into the enterprising of the competition. So when we create these groups, we have to kind of create our brand. We have to create project uh, activities, promotional activities, marketing activities, corporate social uh, activities uh, to gain sponsorship, to fund research, uh, travel, and uh, um, to fund is to go to the world finals. Um, but one thing that's very special about this competition is although there's the STEM aspect and there's the enterprising aspect, they also really, um, they really hold a students accountable for sustainability. So sustainability in STEM is one of the biggest aspects of this competition where students have to create sustainable innovations and implement them into their project. And they partner with, you know, Formula One and organizations like the Earth Prize uh, to to ensure that students are really paying attention to this matter. So as I uh, mentioned before, I competed two times, one with my team Curious Racing and one again, uh, another time with my team Equalus 9 Racing, the kind of attire that I'm wearing right now, this is Equalus 9's attire. Um, so the first time competing, I didn't really have much of an idea of what F1 in schools actually was. Um, but when I went to the world finals, I saw just the caliber of students competing are just totally on a different level and what they have done in their projects um, to promote sustainability in STEM and to advocate for sustainability and to make this competition carbon neutral was so amazing. It inspired me to come back again the next year and, you know, make my whole team about promoting sustainability in STEM. So I came up with this team called Ecolus 9, which is, I mean, the main essence of the team was to promote sustainability in STEM. Eco stands for ecology, less stands for less starry, which is sustainability in Malay, and nine, it represents the nine sustainable development goals that we advocate for that are uh, supported by the United Nations. And within the project, we solely focused on trying to hit those nine SDGs and making sure that we give back to the community. Um, yeah, I can get into more of the projects that we uh, did, uh, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. I think it's fascinating. Well, in the project, in the sustainability realm, what we did, um, I'm not going to go through all of them because there's just so much, but within the whole F1 in Schools project, we did sustainable media series on social media. Uh, we did webinars where we talked to people in the field, professionals in the field, and kind of picked their brains about what sustainability in STEM means to them kind of like what you guys are doing to me. Uh, and then after creating these webinars and piquing uh, our audience's interest, interest in this competition, we did um, kind of workshops. We did Formula One in Schools workshops with the schools uh, and you know taught the students about uh, the technology that we're using, about CAD, about CAM, and we saw how passionate they were. So uh, we then inaugurated a miniature Formula One in Schools challenge, partnering with universities such as Mara University of Technology and our state department, education department, where students kind of had to create miniature portfolios about their teams, kind of create uh, their own cars, but they didn't manufacture them because not many schools in Malaysia have the privilege or have access to all these technologies that we are using. And we realized that, but when we were doing these um, workshops, we just saw how enthusiastic these students were and we wanted to share the privilege that we had with them 
So that sparked an idea of opening a STEM hub, which was our big innovation on in sustainability. So the STEM hub, the idea behind it is um, essentially is a designated area that houses hard to access uh, STEM related machinery and equipment such as 3D printers, CNC machine um, to remove the constraints schools have to join STEM-based activities and support the implementation of technology 4.0 among Malaysian netizens. And, you know, uh, we proposed this idea to the Ministry of Education. We proposed it to our state education department. And in 2022, our team, uh, we all came together and we had a five-year project kickoff and signed a letter of intent with the state education department to make the STEM hub a reality. So hopefully more students here in Malaysia are able to join uh, STEM competitions like this. I love it. It's really, that is innovative. It reminds me, I was recently listening about these, what are called fab labs, which are fabrication laboratories which are exactly kind of what you're describing, where you bring these 3D tools and other machinery uh, to younger people and they get to use them. Um, so you said it's a five-year project. Uh, so there's obviously a lot of your, your classmates, uh, your friends involved and going to continue on after you leave. Is that the idea? Yes, that's the idea uh, to kind of like leave something behind for the next teams that are going to participate so that hopefully in the future, Formula One in schools and other STEM related competitions can grow and more students have access uh, to these hard to access uh, machinery. Um, you know, in the world finals that I went to last year in Silverstone, I had the opportunity to meet with a lot of really amazing people in the field. Angela, I got to meet Angela there. I also got to meet Ellen Jones, head of sustainability at Formula One, and also um, just many more. But those two have come to the top of my mind. And I remember Ellen Jones standing on stage and she explained to me what sustainability meant to her. And she said, sustainability is just really giving more than giving more than what you take. So that was the goal, to give more in all of my projects. I really like that. that that's that's very a nice. nice way of defining it. Wonderful. And so what are you up to now? What do you plan to do in a few years? Oh, years? <laughs> Since you have your exams, like you still have the Malaysian system where you have to retake the AP equivalent exams. So mm. it's hard to ask you what you want to go to study university now. But, you know, what are you what are your hopes and, and dreams for the next few years? Well, as of now, as I mentioned, my SPM results will be coming out next Thursday. So I'm kind of in that transitional phase where everything is really nerve wracking and I'm kind of figuring out what I want to do in, with my future. Um, but, you know, sustainability does kind of come and play a bit of uh, impact in that because before all of this, before F1 in schools, before the Earth Prize, I didn't really think much of sustainability. But now that I'm so exposed to it and I have the opportunity to learn a lot about it and I just see how important of it, important it is, and I've grown very passionate about it, I'm kind of thinking to pursue sustainability in my future in some ways. So right now I'm thinking of furthering my studies in um, 
business and economics and um, with a side of sustainability. So I'm planning to major in economics, ecology, uh, and uh, there's another segment there, um, but that's the plan so far. That's fantastic. Well, it's great to hear that, you know, you're, these things that you've done, including the Art Prize, you know, uh, involvement is kind of uh, forming uh, your path forward. And I love to hear that. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, you were a recent addition to our youth board. You know, what, what's, your, what's your hopes and dreams for, for that involvement, you know? Um, yeah, I'm just curious what, what, what you hope to get out of it. Well, how I entered the youth board or how I got exposed to the youth board was different from the, my peers. Uh, I met Angela at the World Finals. Didn't know who she was at that time, she came over to our pit display and she was talking to me and we were having a conversation about sustainability and how I implemented sustainability in my project. Um, and that was before the competition even started. And then she was the one that opened uh, the award ceremony with a speech. And only then did I know that she was the CEO of the Earth Prize. And then after uh, uh, the competition where I when I came back to Malaysia, I received an email from David Howes. Uh, he's a part of F1 and he's like, uh, the Earth Prize is looking for a youth board member from F1 in schools and we would like to nominate your name forward. And I said, yes, sure, why not? And well, that's why I'm here. Um, so as you can tell that I'm here because of F1 in schools and you know, I didn't really know much about the Earth Prize, but coming on the youth board and learning about it uh, and seeing how amazing the students are, seeing what my other peers are doing, my main goal was to figure out how I can promote this, share this with my peers back at home, share this with peers all around the world and in the F1 in Schools community. So my hopes are to shed a light to the Earth Prize and F1 in Schools and promote um what everyone's doing here amazing work amazing work well thank you and hopefully we get your school you know uh involved next year into the earth prize you know now you you mentioned in passing i don't know if we should say this about <laughs> your hopes to to get to singapore do you want to elaborate elaborate a bit about that uh well this is kind of in conjunction with my answer just now but yes uh sure we can <laughs> It's a bit early to mention anything because I have to uh, finalize a few things with Sarah, of course. And where you'll be going in September. Well, in September, I will be going to the 2023 Singapore Airlines Singapore Grand Prix and also the 2023 F1 in Schools World Finals in hopes to promote uh, the Earth Prize to the wider audience there. Uh, and, you know, get some students involved in sustainability in STEM. Now, now I'm going to have to start watching F1, I feel like. I'll be, I'll be watching it for you, Arena. <laughs> you have to. Have you got a, a favorite F1 driver? Is there somebody that, uh, you know, you're rooting for or do you, do you watch the races at all? Are you, is this a question directed to Sarah? I know Sarah has no clue what I'm talking about. Well, so. I do have a favorite driver. 
Uh, Cos Lewis is one of my all-time favorites. He is a seven-time world champion for a reason. I have a soft spot for him because he's a Petronas driver, a Mercedes driver, and Petronas oh, yes. Malaysian brand. Very, very good. Very good. I have a question. Yes. So I get to spend an hour a month with the amazing youth board members. And I get to, you know, I come in with an agenda every month and it usually derails because everyone has all these interesting stories and fun facts that we learn about each other. And I was very happy to hear a little secret about Irina. Um, and I wanted to know more about that because for me, it's just super passionate to see how you guys are amazing in all these different aspects. And you're so humble about it that it sometimes slips the crack to know that Irina is on the Malaysian national ice hockey team. So can you please tell me about how you got into the national team and how, how, is, how is it even such a big sport in such a hot country? I'm going to get you back for the Sarah. I know your secrets too. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> no, uh, sure. I would love to share a little bit on this part of my life. Uh, I, okay, I guess this is... Um, one more of my guilty pleasures, if you can tell from this podcast, I really enjoy F1 and I really enjoy ice hockey. And more of those two are not really the most sustainable sports. So one of my other guilty pleasures, I guess, is really enjoying uh, sports that don't have the best sustainability track record. Um, but first, let's get into how I got into uh, ice hockey. I started skating ever since I was just five years old back in South Africa. And when I moved to Malaysia, uh, I kind of didn't have a community and I didn't really know the language. Uh, and uh, I was still new to everything. So my parents thought it would be good to enroll me into uh, an ice hockey club, which we also found quite surprising. But, you know, we were in a mall one day and, you know, we saw some people uh, playing hockey at the ice rink and we decided, sure, let's give it a go. And then now that so from when I was, I think, 10 till now, I'm still a part of the sport. I'm still passionate about it. But, you know, it is amazing. It must be very shocking to you guys uh, because, yeah, there is ice hockey in Malaysia. Even though we have four seasons of summer, we play ice hockey indoors in malls in malls so here in malaysia we don't really have ice hockey arenas um and ice ice sports in general is still growing um of course it's really hard here so we have i think now about only four rinks in malaysia and all four are located in in shopping malls yeah but we manage and uh yeah uh, i've made it a part of the national ice hockey team, the women's national ice hockey team. And I recently came back from a ice hockey tournament in Thailand. Wow. Well, fantastic. I feel the more we talk, um, you know, the more we're going to learn about your guilty pleasure. So I feel like we should wrap it up pretty soon. Listen, Arena, you know, we're really excited to have you uh, on the youth board. And, you know, I think as a year, uh, passes. Uh, it's going to be really exciting to see, you know, what you and the other youth board members um, come up with for new ideas for the Earth Prize. Um, I would just say, you know, thank you very much. I've now got my weekend sorted with this Love Rosie movie. 
Uh, I want to wish you the absolute best next week for your results. But no matter what your results, you know, I would say to you, don't ever let results define you, you know. Um, you know, whatever you want to achieve, I'm sure you put your mind to it. You know, you'll achieve that. And it's great to hear that your involvement with both F1 in schools and the Earth Prize is slightly pushing you away from those unsustainable guilty pleasures and down a hopeful, very uh, impactful, uh, sustainable path. So listen, it was absolutely a pleasure to learn a little bit more about you, Irina. And uh, I guess, you know, thank you. And uh, we're all very excited to learn what happens next. I mean, it's a pleasure to be here today to finally get a chance to talk to you. And I mean, now that I have the chance, I also want to thank you for, um, you know, having me be a part of the Youth Board and be a part of the Earth Prize in some way. I mean, I think so. The Earth Prize has really opened my eyes to sustainability. I'm growing so passionate about it. And I really want to share this with everyone. Um, I'm getting inspired every single day by my youth board members as well and of the competitors competing as well. Um, you know, every single day here, I think that I'm growing. And yes, I did mention that my guilty pleasure is being interested in most of these unsustainable sports. But, you know, I think so. That's also something that I guess, inspires me to look for sustainable solutions and advocate for sustainability so that we can all kind of, especially fans of these sports, can come together and find solutions to uh, counterattack the, these unsustainabilities and kind of neutralize the sports so that we can all enjoy them. I mean, even just being on the youth board and learning about what the other youth board members are doing, I'm getting so inspired, especially with one of the youth board members, Lissane. Uh, we'll have to bring him on this podcast soon. He yeah. will be on our well, then this should be like a little introduction <laughs> to him. He really inspired me um, with his story that one time I saw him in our youth board meeting. Uh, he talked about his projects and his passion and he said that he's really passionate about football and he kind of co uh, combined his passion for football and sustainability and now is fighting deforestation, planting trees for every uh, goal that he scores and that kind of inspired me to do the same or something similar in uh, ice hockey. So I think so. There's definitely so much benefits that I'm getting here uh, at the Youth Board. So I just want to thank you for that and thank you for the opportunity. Well, that's, that's absolutely a great place to leave it. And it's so uh, great to hear that, you know, you've been inspired by Lissane. I think we all are. And hopefully, you know, you go on to inspire others. So, Irina, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us. Uh, for myself yeah. and Sarah. It was a pleasure and thank you for joining us so late in Malaysia. So thank you and good yeah. luck for next week. Jumpa lagi. Bye-bye. <laughs>